Greetings and welcome to the Animal Wellness Podcast, the official podcast of Animal Wellness Action. Hi, I'm your host, Joseph Grove. On this show, we talk about animals and the people who care about them and have the ability to improve their lives by influencing culture and supporting pro-animal laws and regulations. To stay up to date with all of our news and information, subscribe to this podcast, receive our free newsletters and more, visit animalwellnessaction.org. I'm joined today by Wayne Paselli and Marty Irby. Wayne is the founder of Animal Wellness Action. Marty is its executive director and chief lobbyist in D.C. And as we are wont to do on this show, the first thing we do is head over to Marty for a legislative update on what's happening on the Hill regarding animal wellness laws and regulations. Marty, thanks for joining us again. What's the news? Yeah, thank you, Joe, so much. As always, we've got a really good legislative update. You know, first, I'd like to mention that the Horse Racing Integrity Act, the bill that Wayne and I have been working on for the past six years with the Jockey Club and many others in the horse racing industry, cleared the House a couple of months ago uh, by a voice vote, and uh, we had a tremendous victory there. The House bill was then just sent over to the U.S. Senate, where the U.S. Senate Majority Leader, your Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, has actually introduced identical companion legislation along with uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California, Senator Martha McSally from Arizona, and others. And we feel very confident that not long after Thanksgiving, we are going to see uh, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, its name has been changed now to the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, pass the U.S. Senate and head to the president's desk for signature. So, you know, that's a huge piece of legislation that impacts tens of thousands of horses' lives and just a a large, large segment of the entire greater equine industry where we see most of the horses that are are bred and fold and and utilized. So we really feel like this is going to have a tremendous impact on so many horses' lives, keep them from breaking down on the track because it actually bans the use of drugs on race day, creates a uniform national standard for drug testing and regulations under the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, USADA. So we're really looking forward to that. We're also continuing to work on a number of other measures, primarily in the year-end spending bill. Wayne and I have long been working to try to get an animal cruelty crimes unit at the Department of Justice. We've made great progress there. We have a couple of amendments that we got into the House package that have not shown up in the Senate bills, but we're hoping that we can get included into the final spending bill. One of those is, of course, the $11 million amendment that U.S. Congressman Steve Cohen led the charge on in the U.S. House that would require that the Bureau of Land Management actually utilize $11 million over 10% of its current annual budget for the Wild Horse and Burrow Program for the purposes of PZP birth control in the wild horses, where they can go out and actually dart them and prevent them from having future foals instead of going through mass helicopter chases and roundups and incarceration of these horses. There are a few more provisions in the year-end spending bill. We're hopeful that we'll get a $750,000 provision for the USDA's OIG audit to do a report on the horse protection program at USDA related to both soaring and horse slaughter. And then we also have a provision that would provide for the USDA's OIG to crack down on animal fighting here in the U.S. and in the U.S. territories. So we're excited about what we're looking at. And of course, we continue to work on 
the U.S. Senator Joseph D. Tidings Memorial Prevent All Soaring Tactics Act that we're here to talk about today and we can get further into. And uh, that's our update. Thank you, Marty. I appreciate that. Uh, our guest is Clant C. Uh, and probably when you think of Clant, you, without knowing it, are thinking of the grassroots leader uh, against a lot of these big lick soaring competitions. He's really made a difference. He's not only led the, the battle on the ground, uh, he's also created a lot of advocates and allies uh, in his efforts. He is the founder of the Citizens Campaign Against Big Lick Animal Cruelty, and um, I've got to understand a little bit more about this, but apparently he has the nom de guerre of um, Billy Goboy. Yes, sir. That's uh, uh, something that started an AOL chat room in 96, and it was speak truth to power. And we've been doing it ever since, and we formalized it a little bit with the BillyGoBoy.com website publication. And I've had over a million views and uh, 1,400 articles since 2013. And then we wow. saw the real action in 2015, but I'm talking too much. Let me answer your questions, please. No, no, that's exactly kind of what I was hoping to hear. Yeah, we, we've had a lot happen uh, relative to soaring and the big lick. We've had a couple of shows. Marty and Wayne have done extraordinary work on it, along with the likes of uh, Priscilla Presley and many other folks. Uh, so what's your observations as you see things really begin to change? And, um, you know, what's your experience just helping make that happen? Uh, Ms. Priscilla Presley has been integral to what we've accomplished with the Citizens Campaign uh, we started full board in 2015 when we had an adverse ruling in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans over a USDA proposed federal rule. This is also uh, time worthy because they wanted to do another proposed federal rule. The uh, big lick was successful in shooting it down. I just threw it out on the, on the street, so to speak. So we formed the Citizens Campaign. Uh, it's a national and international movement against the animal cruelty to the walking horses. Uh, we've had probably seven, 800,000 signatures on change.org petitions. We've had conservatively 40 to 50 million views on videos. Uh, we have a, a, a poster horse named Jen's Ice Glimmer we rescued from going to slaughter in 2015. He uh, represents, uh, he's a living testimony of what they do to these horses. Uh, we've had protests over 100. We've had success. The University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, severed all ties with the Big Lick show that's been going on there for about 70 years. Same thing in Panama City Beach. We've denied them legitimacy throughout the United States. We've been in front of the White House with 120,000 signatures. We've been on Capitol Hill. We had a Cablock symposium in January uh, 2019 that set the stage, and Ms. Presley came in and keynoted it along with Mr. Paselli and uh, Marty received an award. That's moved us forward into where we are now. We pretty much started the PAST Act uh, uh, effort and we resulted in 333 plus, you know, 333 votes, 96 opposed July 25, 2019. That's America's verdict. That was to end the Big Lick animal cruelty. So here we are now, the Big Lick folks have come to the table and we're trying to get a compromise bill in the name of Senator Tidings which would dramatically change the landscape with the soaring. That's extraordinary. Good work, and it's awesome to see that pay off. Yeah, well, I just want to say that, you know, I, I, I admire uh, Clant so much. Uh, Clant has been on the ground going from horse show to horse show, mainly in the South, not exclusively. Uh, this form of horse showing where the feet and lower limbs of the, 
of the horses are injured in order to create them such pain that when they put pressure on them by stepping on the ground, they then have an opposite aversive reaction and lift their legs high. That's, the, that's what horse soaring is. By chemical or mechanical means, they injure the feet and ankles of these horses so that they throw their legs up in an unnatural, exaggerated way. Clant, as a horseman, has been absolutely instrumental in literally holding the feet of these people to the fire who are doing this to horses. And Marty and I have been concentrating in Washington, D.C., know that no successful political campaign happens without a ground attack. Clant has been leading that. And I think of him in some ways, and Citizens Campaign that he's been leading, in a way that I think of Great 2K USA, which is the leading anti-Greyhound racing group that we also partner with in Greyhound Racing in the United States. The folks there have been tenacious, they're single-minded, they think of new strategies and new ways to get after the problem. And that's what Clant, who's a country lawyer from, the, from Mississippi, has done. And I just want to say thank you to him. I mean, he's really had such a big impact. Marty and I and the rest of our team at Animal Wellness Action value the partnership. And, you know, together we're working every day to figure this out and to really put horse soaring in the history books and to preserve and protect the breed for the future, uh, to have horse showing that is cruelty free. This is, this is horse showing. This is not a life or death issue. Shouldn't be tormenting these horses in this way just for our, our you know, particular fancy of this particular gate. These horses have a beautiful gate. Let them do it naturally. Let them have their opportunity to, to prance and walk without manipulating it in this way. And Marty, of course, has been, you know, just an incredible uh, advocate having grown up in the industry and then coming out of the, <clears throat> of the walking horse industry and saying, hey, this is unacceptable. And I know everything about this industry. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. So between Marty and Plant, you know, we have the two leading advocates in the country against soaring and uh, just want to thank Plant so much for his leadership. Plant, yeah. when did this issue first strike you as one that needed your attention? Well, let me preface something up raised Tennessee walking horses. I've been around for 150 horse births. I was a, essentially a farmer, but they've competed in competition and they've won at the top level of the Tennessee walking horse national celebration. I didn't ride them. Other people rode them, but I raised the horses. I know the culture. I know the people on the other side of this issue. Um, I've always heard the saying that if you want to solve a problem, if you want to talk about a problem, talk to a man. If you want to solve a problem, talk to the, a lady. Okay. The ladies are the ones that have made the difference in the citizens campaign. Ms. Priscilla Presley at the cop block at the national press club symposium in 2019 said they were her heroes. They are the heroes. They've come out, they put on blue t-shirts. They're ever present at all the Tennessee walking horse shows. In fact, it's amazed me, uh, the Tennessee walking horse people, all their windows are tinted now. They weren't tinted when we started. We video them coming in, we uh, peacefully assemble protest against the animal cruelty, and we live rent-free inside their heads. Uh, what was your question, please? Let me respond to your question. Well, I think you were doing a good job. I just wanted to know when this became an issue on your personal moral radar. We went full bore uh, in 2015, 
and we've progressed all the way through Jen's Ice Glimmer, America's uh, Tennessee walking horse, the victim going to a slaughter plant in Mexico until we rescued him in Cookville, Tennessee at an auction. They advertised him for $750 on Craigslist the week before he was 11 years old. They'd about used him up. His feet were terribly scarred. And I partnered with the Horse Plus Humane Society and we bought him. We uh, had him vet checked and documented his condition. Then WSMV Channel 4 NBC affiliate, the largest TV station in Tennessee, told his story. There have been about 500,000 views on that. Dodo Impact Video did his story. There's been 17 million views on that. Glimmer is a marvelous animal. He is a great personality and has endured all of that and is still a great individual. He's overcome it. It's, William Faulkner, Mississippi native, said he's prevailed. We are enthusiastic about what we do because we've made a difference. And now we've got the big lick folks at the table. And that's, as uh, Mr. Pacelli and Marty will chime in, this is, what it's, this is where it's at. This is a tremendous opportunity to make a breakthrough, in my opinion. And I support it enthusiastically. Well, Clint, thank you for that. Uh, this is Wayne again. I want to ask you, and I think so many of our listeners wonder because I've been asked the question so many times, why do people do this to the horses? Why won't they just let them have their normal gait and enjoy the show like so many other breeds? Uh, no other breeds are manipulated in this way and injured in this way. Why do people do this? I can answer that question. Tennessee Walking Horse Breed Association was founded in 1935. During the Depression, then we had World War II. Coming out of World War II, we had the Western, I'm a little older, Joseph, probably older than you, but anyway, we had the Western movies. We had Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, uh, the Cowboys, and the Tennessee Walking Horse champion, which Gene Autry's horse was a Tennessee Walking Horse. Roy Rogers had a Tennessee Walking Horse fold over near Woodbury, Tennessee, one of the trigger horses. It was America's horse, into the 50s, into the 60s, but they started fooling with their feet and to get them to step a little higher. And then it became a culture. It's gone on for almost 70 years. Courageous Senator Joseph Tidings from Maryland loved horses. He was in the Army Cavalry, last one in the United States Army. He loved horses. When he got in the U.S. Senate, 64 to 70, he introduced the Horse Protection Act. He had a compromise with Tennessee Senator, U.S. Senator Howard Baker uh, to get the first law passed to regulate the inhumane treatment of these horses. And so it's rolled on for about 50 years. Senator Tidings didn't get his second term. He didn't get to perfect the act. And now we're at the conference table with the other side, the big lick folks, who I know. I know them all. And we have an opportunity to hammer out a deal. They know we've won this thing, okay? They're just getting, this is a negotiated surrender. Why injure the feet of the horses when you can have a beautiful experience at a horse show without subjecting them to this exaggerated gait? It's a culture. It's unfortunate. I grew up in the South. I've seen civil rights in my time. I've seen everything change. This is kind of in the back area. It hasn't been as high profile. Horses cannot speak for themselves. We have a saying, horses do not have a voice, so we protest for them. Uh, they don't think about it. They look the other way. It's denial. Uh, and then they justify it out of a knee-jerk reaction. They have a great event in Shelbyville, Tennessee, each year, 10-day event what they call the Tennessee Walking Horse National Celebration. That's almost a family reunion event uh, that has nothing to do with, in their mind, soaring horses, but horses are soared to have it, okay? 
So it's a culture, it's a way of life. It's 2020, you have social media. We stood up and become the cutting edge, the tip of the spear, so to speak, the Coblock Citizens Campaign. And we've now brought it to attention and we've virtually got them hemmed up in Shelbyville on private property at the celebration. That's about the only place they can have a horse show anymore. And we're working on that. So uh, I can't totally explain it other than it's gone on for a long time. The horses have had a voice, uh, but now they do. And we're going to end it in the best way possible. Let me tack on to what Clint's saying. You know, again, having grown up in the industry, it's an addiction. No different than drugs or alcohol or anything else. I lived it. I've been there, had my entire family involved in this. And this look that they have where the horse steps really high and almost crawls with his back legs because he's so sore are something that has been sought after for, like Clint said, nearly 70 years. But these people that are doing this are addicted to it. And um, it's, it's like anything else, that addiction and the cycle that continues to be perpetuated generation after generation has got to be broken. And I think that's what we're here to accomplish and will accomplish with what Clint's doing and what we're doing all together on the ground and in Washington, D.C. It seems to me, too, that, you know, not only is this about a tradition in, in horse uh, soaring or with any other kind of cultural uh, activity that may be perceived by people outside of that culture as being harmful, a way to fight for the um, endurance of a, a culture, a way of life, a, an identity, the way some some people might argue for the retention of the Confederate flag, for example, uh, or I, I other. Need jump, I need to jump in on that one. Joe, we had a campaign, a, a change.org petition within about two months ago, bringing that exact issue up. We appealed to the Celebration Board of Directors to ban the Confederate flag from the Tennessee Walking Horse Celebration grounds this past August. And to my great pleasure, they did. They banned the Confederate flag, and they've always played Dixie on the last grand championship event. They didn't do that this year. They voted seven to zero. That's unanimous. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. We've got some light at the end of the tunnel on this thing. And then we've moved toward this compromise proposition on the PAST Act, which is to eliminate the horse soaring. Uh, it's a tremendous opportunity. That vote that we got in the United States House of Representatives that animal wellness played such an integral role in, that's historic. That's never, ever been done before, ever. All the efforts, it's never resulted in a vote. The vote was landslide. I met with the congressman from Knoxville, Tennessee, who represents the University of Tennessee, and presented him an award from Coblock. That's a natural Tennessee walking horse. He voted for us. I said, Congressman, why did you do that? He said, I have a daughter named Isabel. She loves her horse, Peggy Sue, more than anything in the world. And I could never face her again if I didn't vote for that bill. And I understand, he's from Tennessee and he's a Republican. We've got the wind in our back. We've got the momentum. We need to get the best possible uh, compromise. It, it does not stop anybody in 2021 from doing anything legislatively they want to do. But if you let this opportunity go by, it will be something that will set us back. And we don't need to, it takes a, we did the vote in record time. We started in January, 2019. We had the vote with 333 votes by July 25. That's unheard of. By the way, let me throw something in. Joe, I went to Senator Joseph Tiding's memorial service in November of 2018. 
And it was a marvelous event at the University of Maryland in the chapel. And most of the people had left. And I was there with the gentleman that helped me do photography. I turned around. And the bottom line is I met Steny Hoyer, U.S. House Majority Leader, accompanied by Mrs. Nancy Pelosi. All right. And she wanted to know what I was doing there. And I told her Senator Tidings was my friend. She said he was her friend, too. And she wanted to know what I did. And I said, I uh, represent uh, ending this animal cruelty, these horses. And she said, I can support that. We have moved forward from there. We have Representative Ted Yoho, who's a Tea Party conservative from Florida. It's the most inspirational, magnificent thing I've ever participated in in my life. One more time, we have momentum. We have an opportunity with this compromise bill. Uh, in my other lifetime, I was Assistant Secretary of the Mississippi Senate. I know a little bit about legislative process. We need to get the deal. We, need to get, we have these people at the table. Let's get the deal. Well, Joe, it's Wayne Paselli again. And I think that Clant is correct. Uh, there's momentum on this issue. I think really things began to get on the national radar screen when, when my former uh, employer, the Humane Society of the United States, uh, when I was president, I authorized an undercover investigation at the barn of a Hall of Fame trainer in the Tennessee industry. And the video uh, documentation was unmistakable. I mean, he was torturing horses. He was doing it to sore horses to get them to perform. And it really helped put the issue on the national radar screen. Clant got involved in 2015. Marty left the industry in 2013 or or so. And you can trace the progress of this legislation to those three events. And then, of course, so many other people have been involved, literally tens of thousands of people deeply concerned and a small group of people really focusing on it. But we've had the bill introduced for eight years. It was in the in the late fall of 2012 that the PAST Act, the Prevent All Soaring Tactics Act, to amend the 1970 Horse Protection Act which was supposed to forbid soaring, and it does in some limited way, but the law is in need of a dramatic upgrade. That has been blocked for eight years by key lawmakers in the House and key lawmakers in the Senate. And my brother is the chair of the political science department at the University of Tennessee, so he's right in the heart of this, and he and I have talked and said this is a political science lesson that a democracy is not just a pure expression of majoritarian sentiment. A democracy involves a legislative process. And in the House, you can have uh, leaders of the chamber, you can have committee leaders who block a bill that is popularly supported by the larger body. The same is true and even more true in the Senate, where typically one senator can block action by filibustering on an issue. Now, there is a parliamentary procedure to stop the filibuster, but it takes a lot of time, and animal welfare issues typically don't warrant that kind of attention where they have a back and forth where they're battling with parliamentary maneuvers. This bill finally passed after seven years, between 2012 and 2019, it passed the House, with about a quarter of the chamber opposing it. That said, we knew, Clant, Marty, and I knew that prospects in the Senate were extremely remote, not because we couldn't win a vote with 80 or 90 out of 100 senators favoring our position, 
but because the senators from Kentucky and Tennessee in particular were passionate about this issue. They were defending the industry. They believed that the PAST Act was going to destroy that segment of their industry. So for them, it was a battle of political life and death and the life and death of the industry. Senator Mitch McConnell was, was reelected in a, in a overwhelming vote in November of 2020. Now, Senator McConnell, whether you agree with his political philosophy or hate his political philosophy, is widely acknowledged uh, by all uh, astute political observers as a great strategist and tactician. He is an opponent of the PAST Act, and it is going to be exceedingly difficult to pass that legislation. Marty and I, seeing that circumstance, decided to reach out to the industry. Marty and one of his former uh, colleagues in the industry had kept in touch. Uh, they thought, well, maybe there's a pathway where we can agree after seven or eight years of battling and political stasis, maybe there's a way forward. So Marty and, and this other gentleman brought me and other leaders in the Tennessee walking horse industry to the table in what were absolutely some of the most difficult negotiations that I'd ever participated in. We came to an agreement to find a way to take the cruelty out of Tennessee walking horse shows, but to preserve the breed. That is the compromise that we have negotiated. We are desperately working between now and the end of the year to get this enacted. There are some people who are looking at one little element of it and saying, well, it's not perfect here, or they don't like this provision, and they have failed to see the totality of the agreement. And they're also failing to recognize the political realities in the United States Senate. They're also failing to recognize that even a rulemaking action, if it is vigorously opposed by the industry as we expect it would be, stands a chance of being blocked or overturned. This is the best way to forge ahead on this issue in the United States of America in 2020. Uh, banning action devices, banning tail braces, having felony level penalties for the new federal crime of soaring, uh, reducing the stacked shoes dramatically, setting up testing methods that are going to sniff out soaring. This is the way forward. And uh, I'm glad that Clant is joined with us in fighting for this. Uh, we need to reach U.S. senators and U.S. House members, uh, you know, and ask them to take an honest look at this provision and see that key stakeholders who have been at war for years have come together to find a new way. And I'm very excited about it. And I, again, I salute Marty. I salute the people in the industry who agreed to this. This was tough for them. Uh, they have certainly faced brickbats from people within their industry. Uh, but this is the way that they're going to preserve their show horse industry. This is in their economic interest to, to squeeze the cruelty out and to have something that approximates the excitement of a show, uh, but that again, is stripped away of the terrible mistreatment of the animals who are at the center of the enterprise. Compromise almost, sometimes that word isn't completely understood. This is a victory, in my opinion, for everything we've done to have an, uh, these big people at the table and to get something that will get some relief for these horses. And we won't have to wait to have an uncertain future. Folks, this thing could go on two, four, five, six, seven, eight years and no relief. We've got them at the table. The vote in the House was hard earned. This is the, this is the celebration of the vote. 
they wouldn't be at the table if we'd not done 333 to 96. That's 78% in U.S. House. We cannot let this opportunity go by without doing what my friend Wayne said. No chains. They call them action devices. They're chains on these horses. The eight-pound stack that came off Glimmer, they're going to be removed. Uh, we're going to have all sort of improvements. We need to take a good deal from what I've seen. We're right at the edge of having that good deal. Uh, we all need to get behind this and, and, and advance it for the interest of the Tennessee walking horse. Marty, do you perceive any precarity relative to what he was just saying? Um, I mean, is what are the dangers here? Is this not, you know, safe? I, I, from what I hear, there's still some risk. Well, you know, I think the most important thing that people need to understand is that if we don't get this done, then there are going to be horses that are going to continue to be sold for three, four, five, ten years, however long it may be before something's done. So you have to look at the greater good in this instance and not let, as Wayne frequently says, the perfect be the enemy of the good. We've met some opposition, but as most of the listeners out there know from the last podcast we did with Priscilla Presley and Monty Roberts, we have a lot of support. And I just want to tell you a few other organizations besides our organizations, Animal Wellness Action, the Animal Wellness Foundation, Center for a Humane Economy, uh, there are more that are supporting us and more and more coming on board every day. The American Horse Protection Society, uh, SPCA International in Manhattan, the Horses for Life Foundation, uh, Equine Collaborative International, the Richmond, Virginia SPCA, the Virginia Federation of Humane Societies, uh, Homeward Trails, Animal Rescue, Posados, Safe Haven, um, the Susan Michaels Compassion Trust, Progressive Animal Welfare Society, and Aliqua Animal Refuge uh, down near Panama City, Florida, where they actually used to have one of these big shows that Clint shut down. So I think people have to realize that this is the only way that we're going to be able to stop this in the near future, from my view. Yeah, has and there I been any erosion? Something. I'm sorry, uh, Marty, just real quick. Has there been any erosion of support since we broadcast that episode with Monty and Priscilla, our most recent one? I, there has been a great attempt by some of the folks that uh, mine and Wayne's former employer uh, to do that, but they have not eroded any support of the people who were committed and got on board and are with us. Uh, they have prevented some people from coming on board that we didn't have, but we're working on those. We're going to make sure that this legislation, I think the biggest complaint I've heard is that there was an interpretation that the language applied to all breeds. It does not apply to all breeds. It's going to be clarified. We're going to take the original past stack language and make sure that it is extremely clear that this applies to Tennessee walking, racking, and spotted saddle horses only. Wayne reminded me of this quote that President Teddy Roosevelt stated long ago. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how, strong man, how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be those cold and timid souls 
through neither no victory nor defeat. So the people that have been throwing rocks at us, if they're not in the game, I don't know how they are anything more than a part of the problem. Yeah, Clint, let me go to Wayne first, and then we'll circle around back to you, sir. Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, whenever you you look at at a political circumstance, you must look at what's politically possible. We, We all love the PAST Act. You know, Clint fought for it. Marty fought for it. I fought for it. I think no one fought for it more than the three of us. It was not that we didn't like the PAST Act, it's that we understand what the elasticity of the Congress is on this issue. And when you have Mitch McConnell and Marsha Blackburn and other senators who will go to the wall and block it, there's no valor in hitting your head against the wall, you know, eight times in a row and then doing it the ninth and tenth time. I mean, as we've said, you know, it's another cliche, but the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We're not going to get a different result. So client with his work in the field and with the publicity work that we've done to focus on this form of cruelty, we now really, I think, have convinced the American public that this is wrong. But the horse industry that has been involved in this effort has, you know, they have political power. They're politically sophisticated. Give them credit for that. I give them credit for that. And let's get as much as we possibly can now, which is what we've done. These are not hollow reforms. Banning the tail brace is is an unmistakably positive thing for horses. Banning the chains that they wrap around their legs is unmistakably good for horses. Having a felony level penalty is probably the most important piece of this. You know, for me, when we got the felony level penalties on animal fighting, That was the most important element of this. No rulemaking can give us a felony. This bill not passing is not going to give us the felony. Getting this deal where the industry agrees to severe penalties for perpetrators will change the future of how Tennessee walking horses are treated. I guarantee that to our listeners. So I I also just want to say before turning it over to Clint, I trust Clint in speaking up for horses. I trust Marty in speaking up for horses. I trust Monty Roberts and Priscilla Presley who have been speaking up for these horses. These are not people who are gonna sell out the horses. These are the best advocates the horses have ever had, ever. So I trust them and and, uh, you should trust them, listeners, because they know this issue. They're on the front lines battling every day. This is a very important deal, and it should be enacted. Thank you, Wayne. Well said. Clint? The only way U.S. Senator Joseph Tidings got the first law passed was a compromise with U.S. Senator Howard Baker from Tennessee. I want everyone that hears my voice to understand this possible compromise in 2020 is a victory. It's not a sellout. It is a victory for the horses. Uh, And I'll quote you something that uh, is off the top of my head. Upon the plains of hesitation lie the bones of countless millions who at the dawn of victory rested and resting died there. Folks, we cannot not do this. Let's take advantage. It's going to be a real tight squeeze. We're here at the end of the year. There's a lot going on in the country. But if you love these Tennessee walking horses, and all the ladies that have come and re- protested for what we stand for, love them. I love them. Let's get this done. 
I appreciate it, Joe. Thank you, sir. All right, Clint, that, that's a strong ending uh, statement. Marty, Wayne, uh, anything we need to say in addition before we wrap up today? Just one thing I'd add, and again, thank Clint for being here. Clint, you have done such amazing work, and we all recognize that, and thank you for all that you do. There's a um, reporter and journalist in Tennessee, in Chattanooga, a lady named Pam Sohn. She's been writing about this issue for 30, 40 years, decades. She's been to the Tennessee Walking North National Celebration. She's been a huge critic of the industry. She's been very much in support of the PAST Act. She wrote a terrific editorial last week that both Wayne and Clant were quoted in, and, and she spoke with both of them that endorsed this effort that we are now working on to compromise and get the PAST Act done. I think, you know, going as far as the media and someone who's probably covered this issue really more than any reporter that's ever been alive, I think, um, really says a lot and speaks volumes, too. Yeah. And, uh, Clint, if people want to learn more about you and your efforts, should they go to um, billygoboy.com? Is that the right URL? They can just Google and they can either put Billy Goboy in there or they can put C-C-A-B-L-A-C. That's Coblock. Or they can put Citizens Campaign Against Big Lick Animal Cruelty to Tennessee Walking Horses. I promise you, if they'll go to Google and do that, they'll find everything they need to know. And then, uh, Wayne, animalwellnessaction.org. I think you wrote a blog about this just recently. We can find more of your thoughts and the organization's thought there, too. Absolutely. Please, you know, information is power. Uh, being a bystander does not help the animals. Join us in this effort to get this legislation to stop horse soaring in America over the finish line in 2012. We don't need to wait another week, a month, a year. Let's get this done for the horses. Uh, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Clant. Uh, be sure to visit animalwellnessaction.org for all of our news and information and to sign up for our news alerts. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and we invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or Spotify. I'm your host, Joseph Grove, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Animal Wellness Podcast.